It is Chav Gimel Tammuz, Tav Shem Be Gimel, the 23rd of the month of Tammuz, 5783. Here at the database with Rabbi Eisenberg, and earlier today was Chav Be's Tammuz, the 22nd of Tammuz, where the Daf was Gittin, Daf Nun Vav, 56 in Gittin, which is the continuation of the story of Kamsa Ubar Kamsa, a conversation which we began in the previous Indiana Diomi for Daf Nun Hey. So here on Daf Nun Vav, we get to use the opportunity to continue investigating what exactly it was that led to the destruction of Yerushalayim in the base of Mikdash. There is so much to be said, and there are so many moving parts and components to the destruction that we can't possibly do the question justice, but we can try to understand a little bit of the Gemara and perhaps attain a better understanding of one of the things that plagues Klai Yisrael in every generation, up until really the Gula itself, and that is the Phantom of Era of Sinaschinam. I refer to it as the Phantom of Era because it's not quite so clear what Sinaschinam refers to. However, that appears to be the operating epicenter of our Gullus. And we find that because, the, as we mentioned, the Gemara in Yom Andath, um, Tessa Medbeis explains that the second base of Mikdash was destroyed due to Sinaschinam. I'll point out that the Gemara says that there was Torah, Mitzos, and Gemilas Chasadim during the era of the second base of Mikdash. Nonetheless, because of Sinaschinam, the base of Mikdash was destroyed. Interestingly enough, you would think in, a, in an era where there was so much Chesed, right? Just not just Torah observance, but there was Chesed, people doing for other people. There was so much of that. But apparently even there, there was still Sinaschinam. So what exactly is this Sinaschinam? However, the Maharsha, both in Yoma and on our daf in Gitin, really in the previous daf on Nunhei, where the Gemara describes the opening to Kamsa Bar Kamsa, the thing which we, uh, the sort of which we should be worried about all the time, there, the Marsha explains that what is the Sinaschinim referring to? So he points to the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa. And in the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, he says, this is what the Gemara and Yom is referring to when it's talking about the Sinaschinim that destroyed the Beis Migdash. Now the question is, is the story of Kamsa Ubar Kamsa the only dogma, the only example, the particular example in question? that the Gemara is referring to in Yoma, that, yeah, there was one isolated incident of Sinas Chinam that somehow caused the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash and all of Yerushalayim. So I would argue that not necessarily. Yes, causally speaking, the Gemara on Nunvav is going to tell an elaborate story that led to the destruction and well, it doesn't even get to the full destruction at that point yet, but what, what led to, what, which things led to the next um, pieces of the story and puzzle that ultimately become the destruction of Yerushalayim. So yes, you could point to the starting point of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, but I believe that Leonidas Daiti, Kamsa Bar Kamsa, even if it is causally related, um, at least piece by piece, step by step to the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, it is in fact only a dogma to larger scheme of Eros, and um, all including Sinas 
perhaps throughout Klal Yisrael, which led to the destruction, and perhaps there were many components that causally were related to the destruction, and Kamsa Bar Kamsa is just one of them. Now, what exactly was the story of Kamsa Bar Kamsa? What happens, without getting into every single detail of the story, it begins with a man who is hosting a feast, maybe it's a chasana, and he sends to, um, to invite his friend, his good friend Kamsa, to come to the feast, and of course, the messenger, uh, there, there's a mix-up, a misunderstanding, miscommunication. He invites Bar Kamsa, who happens to be the enemy of the host of this feast. And of course, um, Bar Kamsa um, um, comes to the feast, and the host sees him, and is, is, is freaking out, asking, what are you doing here? He, um, he, he tries to kick him out of the party, and Barkamsa says, please don't embarrass me like this, let me stay, and I'll pay for half of the su'uda, I'll pay for the entire su'uda, and no, um, and uh, the, the host kicks him out, and Barkamsa um, seeks vengeance, not per se against the host, but against the Rabbanan, who were sitting at the feast and didn't protest. Now, as you can already probably tell, there were from just this beginning point of the story, there are several people that we can blame in the story for what is going on. Again, multiple moving parts. But let's just refer back to that Nakuda of Sinas Chinam. Where exactly in the story lies the Sinas Chinam? Now, you might say that there's a lot of sinna, a lot of hatred, but where do we find Chinam? Chinam is, again, often translated, perhaps mistranslated as baseless, hatred, and it would seem then, if we're calling this baseless hatred, there is actually no basis at all. It's someone just hates someone completely for no reason. Now, what exactly does that mean? Don't most people hate with at least a reason, something that they can point to and say, that's why I hate him? Most people, we would call them sociopaths if they hate someone just for no reason. And perhaps one thing to point to is the fact that the host of the party has an enemy named Bar Kamsa, and the Gemara at no point gives us the reason why he is his enemy. And it almost seems that Bar Kamsa, I don't know if he hates the host back, but it seems that he's trying, on, on some level, to make peace. Or he wants to stay at the party, maybe he just doesn't want to be embarrassed. However, the Marsha explains here that he was trying to make peace. He thought that maybe from this point on, moving forward, he would have been able somehow to 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 make peace. Maybe this is why he was inv- invited to the party. But the point is, we do not find in the Gemara, we are not provided a reason for the hatred, which maybe gets to the core of it. Maybe was there a reason? Perhaps there was some reason, something that went wrong. But you know what? Maybe it could have been turned around. Maybe it could have been fixed. Maybe the relationship could have been mended. But things had to escalate. And the host of this party wasn't going to hear it. He wasn't going to, you know, he wasn't going to give in. And we always think, oh, you know, like, oh, him, I'll never forgive him. It shouldn't be us that think that. But, but maybe you know someone who has that mentality. I can never forgive that person for doing that thing. And if that's the extent to which we hate someone, maybe, yes, there is a reason to hang it on, but maybe the extent to which we are hating is too much. And maybe that, we could say, in a certain sense, is baseless. Not that there's no reason at all, but that the reason is not good enough.
As far as answering the question of what exactly is sinaschinim, what is baseless hatred, so Rabbi Foreman wanted to suggest that what it means is not that there's no, no basis at all, but it means that the person overreacts in hatred. Like we see, um, the host of the party clearly or it's seemingly overreacting. And how about Bar Kamsa's response? Overreacting to um, what he thought was an injustice committed by the Rabbanan. And it's when we lose sight of things that we overreact, and then we hate more than we should. That is perhaps a fair explanation of, 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 of Sinas Chinam. You might also suggest alternatively that Chinam does not mean baseless, but it means free. It means unpaid. In other words, you're doing it without any gain. Right, just like a shomer chinam, an unpaid watchman. It's not that he's doing it for no reason at all. He's doing a mitzvah. He's being helpful, but it means he's not being given any financial benefit from it. And usually, when it comes to the sinna that we have, we might argue that there are places for sinna. In fact, there are times in a halacha where you're supposed to hate someone. You're supposed to hate a rasha, believe it or not. There's a mitzvah of hating a malik, but there is a time where we don't have any schar for hating, we don't get any reward for that hating, and the question is, to what end do we hate? And sometimes we go overboard with our hatred. We go, and, and maybe this is perhaps similar to the approach of overreacting. However, I came across in Tehillim perhaps another uh, source that speaks to this concept of sinaschidim, I believe maybe the only scriptural source in all of Tanakh, in Tehillim, Perak Samachtes, Pasuk hey, 69.5, the Pasuk says, Rabu misaros roshi, more than the hairs of my head, says David HaMelech, sonai chinam, are those who hate me for chinam. And he continues, And he continues, he says, Mighty are those who try to cut me off, or try to numb me, as Refresh explains, my enemies, who are enemies based on lies and that I have to return to them that which I have not stolen. So here the Pasuk explicitly references a sinna that's for chinam. So what exactly does that mean? Now contextually in this Pasuk and Tehillim, it sounds like someone is maliciously be, uh, being targeted. Dovin is being targeted even though he's innocent. Um, however, um, Rashi puts the words sonim and oivim together in this Pasuk, right? The sonim for chinam and the oivim for sheker, meaning... Why do they hate me? So Rashi says, because I don't follow their falsehoods. I'm not following their evil ways. However, the Malbim in the Mitzudas David explain that what the Pasuk is saying very simply is that they hate me even though I haven't actually sinned or wronged them. Now, in the context of this parak and Tehillim, you might say that that's a reference to some sort of anti-Semitic financial libelism, right? So that that's being done maliciously. However, when we engage perhaps in sinaschinim towards each other, maybe we don't do it originally maliciously, but maybe it comes from a place of not being down the kafschus. Because how often does it happen that we misattribute something or we overattribute something, right? When someone does something wrong or someone seemingly does something wrong and maybe they haven't even done anything wrong at all. But based around all of those things that we perceive to be incorrect and wrong, we create, I would say, a castle in the sky, but it's actually the opposite. It's a destruction of a castle about a person because of what we see and perceive, and maybe we're missing something. And maybe it's based on a lie. Maybe it's based on a falsehood that we hate the person. 
and it wasn't done maliciously, but we now have malice, we have aggressive animus towards the person because of what originally was not malicious, but it was something that was false, at least to some extent. And maybe it was based on a misunderstanding. And this, I believe, brings us back to Kamsa Bar Kamsa. You mean to tell me that the entire story, the entire destruction of Yerushalayim is based on a misunderstanding of a messenger to invite someone to a party, he got the wrong guy, and then this, and then the host is really upset at this guy for coming to the party? Really just based on a misunderstanding? If only this misunderstanding didn't happen, then they wouldn't have come. So, you know, why, do the, why does the misunderstanding happen? Why does the miscommunication happen? Why does Hashem let that happen? It didn't have to happen. Now, obviously, um, Klai Israel had to have been prone and worthy that, they, that, that Yerushalayim be destroyed, right? And, and, and Ravi Cheskel Hartman, um, in his, in his uh, short Machshav on the Daf, he quotes the Mepharshim, who go at length to explain, as the Gemaras tell us in Nadarim and Yoma and Shabbos, other places, why Yerushalayim was destroyed. There are many different sources to explain why Yerushalayim was destroyed, so it couldn't have just been due to this miscommunication alone. But what I believe we get from this miscommunication, this misunderstanding, is the very point that, yeah, Hashem will make misunderstandings happen. But let's be honest, it's not because of the misunderstanding that Yerushalayim got destroyed. Yes, the misunderstanding was the starting point. But how many misunderstandings do you think led to the hatred between the host of the party and Bar Kamsa? We could only imagine. But how much of the sinna that we have for other people is really just based on a misunderstanding based on a lack of patience, based on a lack of open mind and open heart. Right? If only we are, have that willingness, if we have that urge to love, right? as Rav Kook explains the Ahavashinam, right? so, well, it doesn't mean love just for no reason, but it means no, to give love freely, to love even when we're not sure, to be down the kind of schus and, there, and thereby be able to love Kla Yisrael, or maybe love Kla Yisrael so much that we are down the kind of schus for them. That even in the case of misunderstanding, we can think, you know what, maybe it was just a misunderstanding. Because if it was me, I would hope that someone would give me the same benefit of the doubt. That, I think, would bring us on our way to, uh, to, to mending not just the relationships between each other, between all of us and Kalan Israel, but to mend that, that which is broken in Yerushalayim and in the base of Migdash. There is, I believe, so much more to be said about um, all the, the times that we are in the Gemara itself of, of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, but that'll have to hold us for now. I think that if we worked hard just in this one Nakuda, it would take us very, very far, if not all the way back to our Geula Be'ezras Hashem. And we should be Zoha to fulfill that. But in the meantime, if you enjoy this share and others like it on the podcast, I'm going to partner up with us with a sponsorship. If you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group, where, where you'll find links to every uploaded share or links to share them that I repost due to their relevance, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase.gmail.com. This is the data than base, B-E-I-S-A-G-M-L.com. You should stay tuned to perhaps a continuation of this conversation when we get to today's daf of Nun Zion, 57 in Gitten. And as always, stay tuned and attuned to these very crucial in Yenadiyomi. Thank you for joining us here at the Database.